Welcome to Cultures of Las Vegas, a monthly segment. This time we are talking about the Germans for October, which seems like a very appropriate month. It's October for Oktoberfest. I'm Tom Hawley. My normal gig is over at Channel 3, where I talk about traffic and local history. But along the way, I've developed some associations with Germany as part of the Rias Berlin German-American Journalist Exchange Program and also the American Council on Germany. So I've been there quite a few times. Do I have any German heritage myself? I think a little bit, but I've never actually done the 23andMe and actually tracked it down. Uh, Las Vegas does have a proud uh, tradition of Germans here, including our very first mayor, Peter Buhl, who had a German and Swiss heritage. And there was also uh, the Beckley family who were prominent business people here. Pat Mulroy, a lot of people uh, might not know is German. She has an Irish name and no accent whatsoever, the former director of the Southern Nevada Water Authority, but she was born and raised in Germany, as are my two guests who I have with me right now. Uh, Denise Grillo-Reed, uh, formerly with Lutanza Airlines and VIP Services, That's and right. Sylvia Brun, uh, who runs the German radio show. It, what's, what's the proper name of the show? It's called the Las Vegas German Show. The Las Vegas German Show, and that runs every week? Every, no, every Sunday from 10 to 12 on KSHP. Okay, I used to be on KLAV for many years before that. 1400 AM, and we have met before because I used your services many years ago to translate a story that I had been doing in Germany. Right. Uh, and so do you have people coming up to you and asking about that very often to ask for your translation services? Uh, yeah, quite often, yeah. yeah. Uh, how much of a sense of the German community do you have here? A lot of people? I think so, you know, uh, they, they you don't ever see them all at one time, except for maybe Trader Joe's, but other than that, you don't see them all. But uh, as far as I know, we have like 40, 50,000 Germans here in town. Oh, wow. And I assume that your show sort of gets them together. Uh, yes, it does, place it where does. They sort of I have out. listeners in Germany and Chile and uh, you know all over the world pretty much, but we have a local support system for that program. And it's enjoyed mostly by people in the older age groups that, that have been here for 50, 60 years, you know, and, uh, and still enjoy the old traditional German music and Schlager. So we have a big following for that. And uh, I think that it used to be that people after the radio program, they would get together at Cafe Heidelberg. Yes, I actually started that. It was called Früh Shopping, and mm -hmm. we did that exactly. I don't know how I did that for so many years. <laughs> Every Sunday after the radio program to Cafe Heidelberg. And it was our hangout, and people would meet us there, our listeners and friends. And it was a wonderful time. We truly miss Cafe Heidelberg. Ah, uh, yes, and, and there are other German restaurants in town. As a matter of fact, we'll be talking about one later on in this program here. Yes, I hope. Uh, and what part of Germany do you come from? I'm from Berlin. For, from Berlin. And Denise, you're also from Berlin. Absolutely, yes. And one of the things that I just love about Berlin is the transportation system there. And it's just easy to get around. Did, were, were you uh, enjoying the transportation system there? And how do you compare it to what we have here in Las Vegas? <laughs> yes, absolutely, Tom. Um, since I worked uh, for Lufthansa, I had to have a car. But other than that, because my job started at 5 o'clock in the morning, of course, you know, you get up at 3.45. You could use the public transportation, but I had to have a car to get there quick. And other than that, yes, it's 24-7, every 10 minutes, very reliable. You get around the city where you want to go. It's just perfect. Now, in Berlin also, um, uh, you all were there before the wall came down. Um, and yes. I, uh, have you been back there in recent years? I have not. I have. Uh, but you have. Um, have you noticed much of a change? I, I sort of regret that I was never able to make it over there before the wall came down. The first time that I arrived mm. was in um, uh, 2000, I believe. 
But it seems to me that the city has really changed a lot in just those number of years uh, from 2000 to my most recent visit in 2018. Have you seen a big difference since the wall came down? Uh, well, of course, more people, you know, definitely. But uh, it also made the city of Berlin even more attractive because you now have all these wonderful places that used to be in East Berlin. They're all part of Berlin now, and uh, it has made it, uh, I think, a much even more attractive city. Uh, and do you keep in touch with people back in Berlin? Yeah, my family lives there, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. uh, Denise, do you keep in touch with people back home? Oh, yes, I have my cousin and my aunt still there, and my cousin came to visit. My aunt is 85, so I do have to plan a trip um, before not too long. And do you have people come over here to visit? Yes, in those places? absolutely, and they're just so stunned by the hospitality that we're experiencing here. And I lived in Spain, I lived, you know, West Berlin, of course, former West Berlin. And I've been here almost 10 years. I have never experienced a better local community than I have in Las Vegas. I don't know if you agree, Sylvia. Oh, definitely. But it's it's just amazing. I feel at home. Uh, and yeah. I think uh, some of what gets people together is the German American uh, Club, which is on Lake Mead Boulevard. Um, so. Is it completely closed right now during the pandemic? Yes, uh, due to the fact that we don't serve food seven days a week, we are in the bar category. So whenever the bars open up, that's when we get to e open up. Even though we are a private club and have total control of who walks in and out, it is still that we have to wait till bars can open. And Denise, you spent time there as well. I have, yeah, I went there a few times because uh, Marsha Voss, she has uh, a jazz band there every Tuesday, which is wonderful entertainment. And and you're in touch with some of the other entertainment in, in Las Vegas. I mean, yeah. certainly, probably a couple of the most iconic performers are Siegfried and Roy, and unfortunately right. Roy passed away earlier this year. But Siegfried uh, Fischbacher is still a revered performer in this community. Uh, and Hans Klock. Hans Kluck, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so he he would like to have been here, but he is actually uh, he can't perform either. So he's getting ready to return to Germany to tour there. Mm -hmm. We've we've had different locales here though for people to enjoy themselves in German settings. We had the Alpine Village, which uh, I believe was gone before you started. You you went to the Alpine yes, Village. Yes, I yes I worked there. I worked in the medical field, and then at night I worked there because they wanted me to help out since I was from Germany. I knew the owners and. Uh, Yep, uh, it was a beautiful place. It was right across from the Hilton, beautiful. And and it had a very German uh, feel, and I remember there was a, 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 they had a song, the Schnitzelbank. Yeah. Everyone would sing the Schnitzelbank. And, and the Hotzkeller. Is this, is this a song you're familiar with, too? Hotzkeller, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know if all German children sing this song, as is das nicht ein Rundenrat? It's more Swiss, kind of, I think. Yeah, so it had a, sort of a Swiss-German feel to it. Uh, and, and most German restaurants have uh, a Rotzkeller. In fact, I believed in the Café Heidelberg, even though it was one story, they had an area they referred to as the Ratskeller. For people unfamiliar, what is a Ratskeller? It's usually, it used to be in Germany, and uh, in, in the big Rathaus, which is their city hall, there used to be this restaurant and, and you know, where people could meet and have a drink and a beer and something good to eat. And that was right below the Rathaus, so it was the Ratskeller, the Keller, Ratskeller. Mm -hmm. So that's how they started, you know, and then they became more and more popular because people like that kind of 
entertainment. They have to have a beer and go to City Hall and have a beer <laughs> and pay your taxes and have yes. a beer. <laughs> uh, and where do, are the, is there anywhere where people gather now with the German American Club closed for the time being? I, I guess we have a couple of restaurants. We'll be talking about the Cafe Berlin in, uh, the, in just a couple of moments. Are there any other German restaurants currently in Las no, Vegas? No, they're all, you know, Cafe, uh, Cafe Berlin, I think, is the only one that is open because they do serve food seven days a week. And, uh, you know, the other one, the big Hofbräuhaus is still on hold till further notice, which we all can't wait till it opens back up. But Cafe Berlin definitely is there, you know. And you all are both from Berlin. I don't yes. know if you know did, 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 if the uh, Hofbräuhaus, uh, does, does it really pick up the spirit of the old Hofbräuhaus back in Bavaria? Yes, it does in a sense, but the original one has two floors. And, uh, but I enjoy the food there. It's, it's, it's good. You know, if I don't feel like cooking, I go for a soup or a Schweinshaxe every Sunday uh, or Saturday, actually, where it's limited. But they're closed right now. When it does, when it does reopen, which we certainly w can't wait until these places reopen, do we see s singing going on there? People yes. waving the beer steins. Yes, yes. Don't try to have a conversation because you're just there to have a good time <laughs> and listen to the music and enjoy. Uh, one liter of beer. <laughs> well, we look forward to when that happens again. And meanwhile, I want to thank you so much for coming down and spending some time with us, Denise Grillo-Reed and Sylvia Brun. Thank you so much. My You're pleasure. welcome. And uh, it was nice to do something like that after yes. being here for 50 years. It's kind of nice that you bring up the Germans and show our traditions and what we do here. That's nice. I appreciate yes. it. We'll have more coming up on Cultures of Las Vegas, the Germans, in just a moment. Welcome back to Cultures of Las Vegas, the Germans, and I'm Tom Hawley. I'm not German, but maybe with a little bit of German heritage, and also over the past uh, 20 years I've been to Germany about 10 different times and toured some of the country and have a little bit of a sense of the Germans in Las Vegas, although one who I'm meeting for the first time now via Zoom is Uli Geisendorfer. Thank you very much for joining us. It is my pleasure to join you. And normally you would be here in Las Vegas, but now you are on. Uh, you are in Germany, and you're actually able to perform while you're in Germany. Um, well, yes, I perform a little bit. I just played in Munich this week, last week in Berlin, but I'm primarily here because my mother fell ill over the summer, so I, I'm able to take care of her somewhat. And um, she's actually much better, so much better that in a couple of weeks I'll be back in Las Vegas. I'm glad you're able to spend some time with her over there. But what brought you yeah. to Las Vegas in the first place? How, what, what was the road to Las Vegas from Bavaria? Um, oh, it's been a long road. I got. Uh, I went to in 1987. I studied jazz and and uh, composition at the University of North Texas. Afterwards, I went to. Uh, Connecticut was there for two years in Hartford, and I moved to New York, where I lived for 15 years, and in 2009. I moved to Las Vegas as the musical director for the show Viva Elvis by Cirque du Soleil. And then that didn't last too long. And then Dave Loeb approached me uh, from UNLV if I wouldn't like to teach at UNLV. So I started teaching there in 2010. And what are you teaching? You're teaching uh, composition? You're teaching uh, a piano? What, what all do you teach there? I've been teaching a bunch of variety of courses. Uh, these days I teach the Latin ensemble because I have a, a very strong background in Latin music. I studied in Cuba many years ago and so I have the Latin ensemble and I teach all the small groups, have them under my 
guys, so to say, where we put together uh, different ensembles. And usually we would uh, meet once a week and, and then they perform a certain repertoire and I would critique them and we would talk about it all. At the moment, of course, it's all a little bit remote because we're doing it all online, but we're very hopeful that very soon we can start congregating and playing music again. And you were also associated, I believe, with the Nevada School of the Arts. Uh, do you do the I same am. sort of thing there? Yes, absolutely. There I teach piano and um, uh, lead one of the ensembles. Actually, we're starting a new thing. Um, we're going to do an online jazz history course that I just put together. And we just had a very nice production, actually. I was in Vegas for 10 days um, um, doing the Bird's uh, Centennial birthday production where we did bird with strings we had a whole string section and a small orchestra and a guest artist uh, Vincent Herring came in from New York um, uh, being sort of impersonating uh, Charlie Parker it was a very beautiful production and you mentioned that you had gone to uh, uh, North Texas I, I think I remember it used to be called North Texas State before that wasn't it Exactly. I was there when it was NTSU. Yes, because, because back in uh, the 80s, I'm going to say, and perhaps up until today, the two greatest jazz programs in the country, uh, in the United States, I believe, were North Texas State and University of Nevada, Las Vegas, uh, under uh, Frank Gagliardi. I'm not sure if you remember, if, if you're familiar with the name, but I think Frank Gagliardi sort of brought the yeah. jazz program here to a new level. Absolutely, yes. And it's and then everybody actually who was there at the helm of it, there was Stefan Carlson, and now it is, of course, Dave Loeb. And under Dave, the, the program just as well blossomed. And we won many awards. I think by now we've won over 20 downbeat awards. My ensemble itself won four downbeat awards. My students won composition awards. And it's, it's a wonderful program. It's small, but um, everybody you know, is there for the right reason, you know. And and I think as well that we are also tied into the music on the strip and other things. And I run the dispensary, the jazz club at the dispensary, where I have the kids perform as well. And and much of them started sort of their career there. So we, we are tied in. It's not just a school, but it has real uh, bearing on, on what's going on. Of course, at the moment, there's not much going on, but that will change. Now, when I, mean, I was a student at uh, UNLV, back then the music scene was different. The jazz scene was different, and uh, uh, Las Vegas was a very fertile place for musicians to get started because of the jazz scene on, on the Strip with the big, big bands, which it would involve maybe four or five saxes, uh, three or four yeah. trumpets, trombones. Uh, of course, the music scene is different. Uh, is, is that traditional uh, jazz music with the larger bands, is that still taught at UNLV, or do you concentrate more on the smaller combos? Uh, we do both. Actually, we, we're trying to be very inclusive. So it's a strong focus on the big bands. We have three big bands. One who just won actually a trip to the Monterey Jazz Festival, except it was canceled. So, But it, it's just furloughed, so we do it next year. Um, and then we have all the small groups. We have uh, an electronic side too. We have a whole recording department where you can study recording. There's also set up for synthesizers and uh, modern music production. So we're trying to go a little bit more, you know, in, in just to what's going on right now. But the basic is, you know, the music uh, that we're studying starts uh, about 100 years ago, you know, with ragtime and, and old-time jazz and Dixieland and then goes up and bebop. And the language of bebop is still very much at the heart of 
most jazz musicians uh, improvisations and so we teach that and the approach to that and the harmony that comes from there as well. And I think Germany has certainly a, a, a glorious tradition of classical music and people think of that as producing some of the greatest names in classical music. I, I wonder if you feel like a, like a German background brings anything different to uh, playing here in the United States, playing in Las Vegas or is jazz jazz wherever you are? Well, yes, it does bring something different. But mind you, we already had jazz orchestras, big bands in the 20s in in Berlin. And um, and so and they sound actually very good. You can listen to the old recordings. So uh, jazz has a very long tradition in Germany. In the 60s, there was a very fertile jazz scene with a lot of expats um, from the US in Munich. And so I grew up a little bit with that. But of course, you come from Europe, it's uh, the jazz diaspora, if you want to, um, that has a different sense of it. When I grew up, I grew up with classical music. I grew up with actually being a drum in a rhythm and blues band in a, in a southern rock band and playing harmonica and, and drums at times. So there is a different sensibility, but that was one of the reasons why I went to the U.S. in the first place. I wanted to study where the music came from to figure out you know, things from the root, you know. And that's the same thing what I did with Latin music. I went to Cuba to really see what Latin music is about. And I tell you, it, both things, studying at North Texas, being in Cuba, changed my world, changed my perception, changed my understanding of the world and of the world of music. And so nowadays I try to be inclusive. So uh, for me, music is music you have to play it with a certain sentiment of exploration and and jazz more so than just a specific um, language is a mindset jazz is as one of my students put it very poignantly once jazz is freedom well and i have and, seen some of your performances online and you're definitely very creative and i think we're lucky to have you in you. las vegas here although right now in germany but coming back to las vegas and we look forward to your return and to seeing you in live performance when that's able to happen again here meanwhile i thank want to you thank you very much for joining us here on cultures of las vegas thanks very much uli it's been my pleasure thank you so much for having me and have a great rest of your day all right and we'll we'll have more coming up in just a moment Welcome back to Cultures of Las Vegas, the Germans. That's the topic we're talking about because it's October and that's a particularly appropriate time because as most Americans know, if they know nothing else about Germany, they know about Oktoberfest. I'm Tom Hawley, I'm normally with Channel 3, switching gears here right now uh, because of some associations that I've had uh, with Germany over the years and that includes a lot of time in Berlin and we have a Cafe Berlin right here in Southern Nevada and uh, right now we've got Sebastian Bechtold and you operate the Cafe Berlin? That is correct, yes. All right and also joining us for, for this uh, segment we've got Ernst Martins and you were formerly with an organization here, the Deutsche American Society of Southern Nevada. Yeah. Uh, what was that, how does that differ from the German American Club well, which exists currently? They split up in the 80s I only know from the history, from the books. They split up from the other club and got their own club together. And uh, it was growing for years and then starts to slow down. There was too many old people and they passed away, unfortunately. And we went from over 30 members down to last year 10. 
and then age-wise from the youngest one in the 70s, the oldest one 95, so we decided after the Christmas party last year to close the club down. And now there is uh, currently no club coming together, except no. I guess the, uh, just, just heard about one called the German-Austrian Club, which yeah. gets together sometimes. Uh, and I, I, I would think that one place that people go to get together would be a German restaurant. And uh, as far as I know, the Cafe Berlin is the only German restaurant uh, in town for the time being, at least the, the only one that's open. There is, of course, also the, uh, the Hofbrauhaus. Yes, yeah. So uh, for right now, we are the only open operating German restaurant. Yeah. And in your restaurant, do you get a lot of Germans, or do you find most of the people who come here are, are Americans? I think the most are Americans. I would assume maybe less than 5% are Germans. Uh, I believe they're still cooking at home, as usual. So, yeah, they come in once in a while, you know, but uh, and also have a Stammtisch, but uh, I would say 95% are American. And how long has the Café Berlin been open? 2012. Okay, so it's, it's relatively new compared yes. to some, some other places. Uh, have you noticed a change in the customer base at all there? Are there regulars who've been coming the entire uh, eight years? We have a lot of customers that uh, have been around from the beginning till now and also have s new and regular customers coming in like every year and in addition so that's very good yeah. And this has got to be a big time of the year for you what do you do for Oktoberfest? Uh, we will have some music we do have a special menu going on and uh, yeah vice worst uh, Oktoberfest beer of course imported from Germany so we will have uh, definitely some some fun going on there. And Oktoberfest I think a lot of people associate that with uh, Bavaria but it's celebrated all over Germany. That is correct, it? yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the biggest one and the original one is in Munich, of course. Uh, and the different areas of Germany are, in some senses, like the different areas of the United States. I mean, people have a southern accent. Oh, yes. Uh, and oh, they yes. have a Bavarian accent, I guess. Different language. <laughs> what are the, some of the regional differences? I mean, I, I, I get a very s different sense out of the Rhine Ruhr area than, for example, the, uh, the southern part of the state. Have not been to Heidelberg or Hanover. Hope to make yeah. it there sometime. Mm -hmm. No, you can travel only five miles and you almost speak a, a different language. Not language, but dialect, so you have to be careful what you're saying. My, most people won't understand it, maybe, so yeah. Hochdeutsch. <laughs> uh, Hochdeutsch, uh, high yeah. German, so, so, so yes. do, you, do, you, if, do you make an effort, uh, like if, if someone is in Bavaria and they know they're speaking to someone from northern Germany, do they sort of change the way they speak we try. just a little bit? And they try too, so yeah. we kind of make it work. <laughs> Uh, and uh, not not to get into politics, we don't want to don't want to go down that road. Oh, but no. the, the, there's a very different political system uh, in Germany. Yeah, when I, I remember, I was there in 2000 when our election was in disarray over here. How, how how do Germans see the American political system here? Does it leave them sort of scratching their heads sometimes? Uh, scratching their heads is uh, mild, I would say, mm -hmm. because my daughter, my granddaughter, and my great grandkids they all in Hanover still, and I visit them nearly every year. And uh, now we've been on the phone, uh, video, and they cannot understand what's going on here. And like we get news from Europe, we only get parts of it. We don't get the whole stories most times. So that we really have to fill them in uh, what really is going on here because they just, like I said, they just get a fraction of it. They don't get the whole story. So when they ask what's going on, they say, oh, just a moment. Let me explain. <laughs> and how long have you been in the United States? Since November 95. Okay, so you've been here quite a while, and I'm guessing you're a little bit relatively newer, or how long yep. have you been in the United States? Yeah, I, I migrated in 2013. Uh, 
have, have you all been over to the eastern part of the country uh, in, in Germany? And I wonder what changes you see uh, over there when you go back to Germany. Uh, one of my favorite cities in the world is, is Dresden, which of course was uh, off limits to people from the west for the most part for many years. Do you see the country, uh, unification just doesn't happen all at once, but do you see it coming together more? Yes, but it takes time. You know, a friend of mine studied over there in Dresden, so it's a very beautiful city. Uh, I've been there for New Year's and it's just very interesting to see like how the cultures are coming together. Uh, and Dresden, absolutely beautiful city with, uh, with their castles in Germany, is famed for its yes. castles, but probably the most famous castle mm -hmm. in the world maybe is Heidelberg. Yes, it is. Uh, and uh, do you have people asking you about the Heidelberg All the castle? time, all the time, because I'm telling them I'm close from there, but it's just close, you know, it's not Heidelberg itself. I mean, I've known it, I've seen it, and but a lot of people like to talk about it because it's, yeah, very interesting to see and uh, it still is. And I know that your clientele at the Cafe Berlin is for the most part American, as you said. Yep. Uh, but uh, when people come in who are from Germany, do they talk about the different areas of, of Germany? Yes, they, they most likely will tell me like, oh, I've been in Germany, I traveled there and this, and do you know that city? I'm like, nope. <laughs> I don't know all of them, but some of them, the bigger ones, Frankfurt, Stuttgart, Berlin, all of that stuff for sure, yes. And I think one uh, thing that makes it uh, different for people knowing more of the country, well, first off, it's a smaller country than the United States. Yes. Second, uh, the transportation there is just incredible as far as, and, and I know going back and forth between the big cities yeah. on high-speed trains. Yeah. And of course, there's been work here in Southern Nevada trying to get a high-speed train for more, than, for more than 30 years and still nothing, although there's current one in the planning. Do you miss the transportation in Germany? It is, yeah. I went to school every day with the bus. It was so easy. Yeah. Um, we took friends over to Germany, American uh, couple, and we've been on a high-speed train, and we did over 100 miles. The train did over 100 miles. And we, we've been in a compartment where you get uh, get served with food and water. We had a glass of water standing on a table. They couldn't believe it. There was not a ripple in the water. And I said, look, up there is the sign how much uh, we're doing. We did over 180 kilometers. I said, well, that's more than 100 miles. So, And it's just excellent. And my hometown, Hanover, uh, the transportation, most of them is now underground. And they're going every seven minutes in all directions. And Hanover is also one of the technical capitals yes, of, of yes. Europe, isn't it? Yeah. It's actually the town where George I came from. He's born and buried there, and I visit the area quite a bit. I said the King's Garden still is there, but uh, the technical area there, I worked for a big company there, and uh, there are so many different companies over there, but after the wall came down, uh, unfortunately, quite a few went away. And uh, we, are, we are now going, uh, we're just about done here. Want to know if people are looking for anything in particular at your restaurant. What, what is the signature dish that they look for at the Cafe Berlin when they show up? I am assuming the most favorite and sold one item is the Jägerschnitzel, which is the breaded pork or chicken cutlet. We offer both. And uh, it has the homemade mushroom gravy on top. We call it the Hunter style. And yeah, egg noodles pasta, which we call Spätzle. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm salivating just yeah. thinking about it. So uh, October, a great month for Germans and yes. a great month for Las Vegas. Even with everything else going on, the Cafe Berlin is open. There are other places to, to, to see. And I want to thank you both so much for coming down here. Uh, Sebastian Bechthold and Ernst Martins, thank you very much. Thanks for having thank us. You. Thank you for having us. And thank you for joining us for Cultures of Las Vegas. I'm Tom Hawley, and we appreciate having you.